Warning. The stories in this podcast often contain violent and disturbing events. Listener discretion is highly advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society. A big welcome to our newest official members. Edwin L., Caleb W., Lisa Maria G., Amanda Lee, and Jennifer C. Thanks so much for the support, guys. I really, really appreciate it. And welcome to the club. If you would like to become an official member and show your love for the podcast, visit patreon.com slash nightmare society. Also, a big thanks to our story contributors for tonight. Ryan, River E., and Mallory, Justin, and their furry buddy, Bubba Joe. Now, get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. My parents were what you would call chronic hoarders. I had an inkling as to the state of affairs of their house and the living conditions, but I sort of sloughed it off, not thinking it was really that bad. I mean, I had talked to them regularly, and they would come and visit my family all the time. I knowingly chose to turn a blind eye. It was easier to pretend that everything was fine than having those awkward conversations and facing the truth. I love my parents, and have many fond memories of my childhood. My parents were good, hard-working people, and would give the shirts off their backs to help anyone. The hoarding must have started when I left home. I think my mom was suffering from depression, and my dad just didn't care. They enabled each other. The perfect storm. My mom passed away three years ago. I hadn't been home in seven years before her passing. After my mom's passing, my wife and I went to talk to my dad at the house. We were shocked to see a full-on episode of Hoarders in the making. Except this was the house I grew up in, not some reality TV show. There was stuff stacked everywhere, literally to the ceiling. In their kitchen, they had three fridges and one freezer. Stuff was heaped in piles on the kitchen table. I glanced at it wondering how they managed to eat at the table as there was no room. Dirty dishes and piles of crap lined the counters. Every inch of space was occupied with debris. Parts of the ceiling were caving in from the roof leaking. It was an absolute disaster. How could my parents live this way? My wife took a glimpse in the living room and was mortified as this was her first ever visit to my parents' house. There was crap piled ceiling high in every room with little pathways from room to room. I should add in the mix of all the junk strewn everywhere. There were probably 15 cats and two dogs running free, and the stench of cat urine stung our nostrils. To this day, I cannot watch hoarders. It hits a little too close to home. 
Immediately, we got my dad and got the hell out of there, and it's been three years since I was back at the house. But I decided to go back the Sunday after Halloween to check on the house and possibly find my old baby pictures. Like I said, it was a while since I had been home. I crashed at a high school buddy's place and made plans to go to my parents' house first thing in the morning. It was good catching up with old friends, and it helped take my mind off the task I knew I would be faced with the following day. I headed over as planned early on Sunday. I had a weird feeling and felt a lot of emotions as I pulled up to my parents' house. I thought to myself, if I find what I'm looking for, I probably will never come back here. I drove in the driveway and parked my SUV. As I got out, I noticed a garbage can knocked over to one side. It was empty. There was also a homemade wooden toolbox I could see in the back of the yard. My eyes were drawn to this because it was wide open and all the tools were removed. I kept walking around the backyard to a shed which was also wide open. I couldn't see a lock on the door. I took a look inside the shed and it was much of the same as the inside of the house. Junk stacked ceiling high. I noticed an old satellite dish. An electric weed trimmer amongst other pretty much useless or broken items in the shed. There was also an old greenhouse in the backyard. It was pretty much destroyed and the roof was caved in, but I could see stuff piled high under the collapsed roof. I diverted my attention to the back door of the house. There was a missing cat poster someone hung on the back door. I never noticed it right away. But as I got closer to the door, I could see it was slightly ajar, and had been kicked in. I poked my head inside and yelled, Hello? I didn't hear anything, but my mind was wondering and my heart pounding. I immediately called my dad and advised him of the situation. Needless to say, he had washed his hands of our old family home, and didn't give a crap that the door had been forcibly opened. My dad had disconnected the power, water, and gas to the house, though there was no electricity or heat. I could see my breath in the house, it was so cold. If anyone has had their house broken into, they know the uneasy feeling it gives you. Was someone still there? Were they hiding in a closet waiting for me to draw near? As I was standing in the kitchen feeling violated, I looked around at the pictures hung of my niece and nephew. I debated pulling the pin on the whole operation. I was pissed at my father for his lack of caring, but I had driven all this way and decided to press on. With flashlight, N95 mask, and rubber gloves in hand, I started to explore the living room. I could see a box of old records in the center of the living room and I thought it was weird of their location, as I doubted my dad had left them there. It then became clear that even in all the piles of junk, that someone was searching through it. There was a drawer pulled out from the entertainment stand in the living room, and the contents were spilled out onto the floor. There were several plastic storage containers with the drawers open, and contents ransacked. I realized that whoever was searching placed the box of records in the living room, and I scared them off. Were they coming back? Hello? Hello? I yelled again. 
Still nothing. Just the sound of my heart beating in the quiet. I hastily grabbed a pair of scissors that were lying on the floor for protection, fully anticipating that someone was still in the house. Like the unsuspecting victim in the movies, I would not be denied my baby pictures. I walked down the hallway past the living room. There were shelves lining the entire hallway, filled to capacity. I passed the bathroom and made my way to the bedrooms. It was daylight, so there was natural sunlight to aid my search. I went to my parents' old bedroom first. There was a jewelry box tumbled over, and its contents spilled on the bed like someone was skimming through it looking for valuables. If there was anything of value, it had already been taken. I opened the closet door and found stacks on stacks of clothes. I went in the second bedroom. At this point, I was juggling the worrisome feeling I was having mixed with the anxiety of thinking about my mom and her last moments in this house. The second bedroom was filled with old VHS tapes. I filled a garbage bag I had grabbed from the kitchen with a bunch of old Disney movies. I peered into the third upstairs bedroom. Still no baby pictures, but more and more trash. I recollected a conversation I had with my mom about the whereabouts of my old photo albums while she was still alive. She said they are in your old bedroom downstairs in the basement. Oh great, I shuddered. With no power, I knew it would be pitch black down there. I opened the door to the basement to go downstairs and shined my flashlight down the stairs. I could make out piles of rubbish. Couldn't tell if the basement had been ransacked like the upstairs because there was just so much stuff. Hello? I yelled for a third time. This time, the silence was broken. I could faintly hear talking coming from the basement. I couldn't hear what they were saying, but there was definitely somebody down there. In my bravest voice, I yelled back down. Hello? Who's down there? I'm calling the police. I started to back away from the basement door to the back door, thinking I may have to get the heck out of Dodge. Who was down there? Was there more than one person? As I heard footsteps approaching the entryway of the basement steps, I hightailed it the heck out of there. I have never been so scared in broad daylight. I ran to my car still holding the garbage bag of movies and scissors. I started my SUV and backed out of the yard not even looking back at the house as I sped away. It took me a while to regain my composure and common sense. I followed up on my threat and called the police. I have not been back to the house since, but the police reported they never found anyone on the property. Talk about a mixed bag of emotions as I want to catch whoever was breaking in, but also feel shame for the lifestyle my parents chose. The police called me yesterday to advise the outside shed had been broken into again, and they wanted me to install a lock. If and when I go back, I'm reconnecting power and turning every single light on in that house. As other people tell you, trust your gut. My gut was telling me something was not right. Listen to your gut and trust your instincts. To the person or persons creepily dwelling in my parents' basement, 
let's never meet again. Me and my uncle were like best friends when I was younger. We played video games together and stuff like that. One day he said he was going to come over. I was excited because I had not seen him in a long time. By the time he got to my house it was dark outside. When he got there we had dinner together and he asked me a question that still sends chill bumps down my spine. Does your neighbor have a black van? He asked. The scary thing was a neighbor had moved over a month ago. We had just forgotten about it and went and played video games. After a bit, my parents went to bed, so it was just us downstairs, alone. About 30 minutes after my parents went to bed, we heard a knock on our window. By the way, there is a giant window by the TV we play video games with. So we looked, and no one was there. After about 30 seconds or so, there was another knock. This time, instead of not seeing anyone out there, there was just a man watching us, face pressed against our giant window. My uncle is a pretty big dude, so when he said, Get the fuck away from us, he ran off. After that, we went upstairs. Needless to say, I didn't sleep at all that night. In the morning, my uncle told me that that was the man he thought was our neighbor. The one with the black van. About five months ago now, my husband and I moved cross-country from Michigan to the state of Washington. I was living in Michigan and he was living in Miami, Florida. He flew home to help me pack all of my belongings into our cargo trailer, and then we headed down to Miami to get all of his things. Our trip from Michigan to Miami went very smooth. One night on our way out of Florida, we decided to drive through the night to cut off some time so we could make a day stop at a national park along our route. We were nearing the end of our trek out of Florida when we decided to make a stop to refuel grab some snacks, and hit the bathroom. This is when things got scary. We took an exit off of I-75 into Wildwood, Florida. We had a giant diesel truck and a 30-foot trailer, so we decided to make things easy on ourselves and pulled through one of the semi-trailer fueling stations. If my recall is correct, I think it was one of those TA truck stops. Initially, nothing seemed strange or out of order. Granted, we were fairly worn out and had been on the road for several hours at this point, and it was at about 1am, so we likely weren't as alert as we typically would have been. My husband got out of the truck and tried to start fueling up. The attendant inside declined his access and indicated he needed to come inside. You know, the see the cashier signal that pops up on the screen. We both thought it was slightly odd as other truckers had come through fueled up and left without any issues. We disregarded it and my husband headed inside. 
I waited in the truck for a minute to give our dog Bubba Joe some attention as he had just woken up from a nap in the back. After he woke up a bit, he started whining and would not take his paw out of my lap. This was extremely unusual for him. Again, I shrugged it off as long-haul exhaustion. I got Bubba Joe settled down and headed inside to grab a pop and go to the bathroom. As I was walking in the store, I noticed that a trucker who had gone in after my husband was already headed back out the door. At this point, my husband had already been inside for about 10 minutes, so it was weird that someone who went inside to do the same thing he was doing was out before him. My husband is not someone who lollygags around in a gas station. I thought to myself, that's odd, he was only going in to grab a pop and pay for fuel. I went inside and went straight to the bathroom. When I came out, I spotted my husband still standing in line. The person in front of him seemed to know the cashier and was moving change around on the counter pointlessly and giving me a weird look. The man standing behind him didn't have anything to pay for and I had not seen him outside. I looked at my husband and the hair on the back of my neck stood up and a feeling of panic washed over me. His eyes said to me, Go back to the truck right now. I paused for a second and then he mouthed to me, Go. So I quickly made my way back to the truck, worried about what was going on. Shortly after I got in the truck, my husband opened his door and said, We're leaving now. He proceeded to tell me that when he went into the store, the two men he was standing in line with were kind of milling around the store suspiciously. He also had noted that the store appeared to have a second level, and there were a couple of odd folks hanging up around the stairs, watching him. When he went to get in line, the two men followed him and seemed to be purposely holding him up. He said he had also seen the other trucker I had seen come in and grab his drink and cash out, then leave. The two men and the cashier held my husband up until the other trucker guy was gone. They only seemed to allow my husband to leave after I came in and they realized that he was with someone. He saw the opportunity to leave, left his beverages and got out of there. You would think this is where the story ends, but oh no. Generally, we would have just left and never looked back. However, we were pretty low on fuel and the next gas station was too far to get to. We went across the street to a different station and thought we were out of harm's way. But we were wrong. We pulled up to a pump and were on high alert. My husband got out to pump fuel and again was prompted to go inside to see the cashier. He did and this time one of the same men from the other stores had followed us across the street and followed him inside. One of the other men stood outside and watched me in the truck. He managed to pay for gas, and as he was coming out, the man that had followed him in was on his tail. I looked right at the man following my husband, and he gave me the most sinister smile that made me almost sick. My husband noticed the guy following him and turned around to say, Hey man, do you have a problem? The man looked taken aback to be confronted and laughed and said, <laughs> Sorry dude, I just recognized you from across the street. The whole time this was going on, Bubba Joe had his head firmly rested on my shoulder from the back seat and was emitting a low growl. He could tell something was not right. After the confrontation, the man pretended to walk away, but only went to the corner of the gas station. My husband pumped fuel with hypervigilance, 
Fortunately, a few other cars had pulled up to get gas, and the men following us lost interest. I'm guessing there were now too many people around to make a scene. My husband finished fueling up the truck, and off we went back into the night, terrified, and now fully awake. We sat quietly for about five minutes, then theorized what could have possibly been going on in the second level of that gas station. I am almost too scared to know. Wildwood, Florida, and the sketchy folks running those two gas stations. Let's never, ever meet again. Don't forget to check out patreon.com slash nightmare society if you'd like to support the podcast or if you're just purely interested in bonus episodes. We have several over there. We've also got merch over on threadless.com. The link will be in the description. And also don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at nightmare society radio. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, sweet dream.